So yes, happy Mother's Day, and thank you. And I did have a dream the other night that by the time I finished, the sanctuary was empty. So as long as you don't all get up and walk out, we're good. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's a true story. So um, it is Mother's Day, and if you are one of those people that wants a mushy Mother's Day, you know, feel-good sermon, I am sorry, I am not the gal for you today. Um, you can go home and watch a Hallmark movie or something. So... We're in a new series, and it's about following in the footsteps of Jesus. And we've talked about different attributes of Jesus. So we've talked about um, how uh, the first week um, was a life of giving and then a life of serving. Today we're going to look at a slightly less popular attribute of Jesus, and that's his life of risk. So when we're asking and talking about the attributes of Jesus— Risk taker is not normally in like the top five. We talk about, oh, he's loving and he's kind and um, peaceful and a peacemaker. We don't talk about his risk. And I think that's because if we acknowledge Jesus, the risk taker, we're convicted to take risks as well. Um, And I think really that is one of the hardest things in following Jesus. So I recently watched a movie called Free Solo. I don't know, has anybody, raise your hand if you've seen the movie Free Solo? Okay, there's like two of you, so three. So this is not a movie that I would normally pick out, but um, you know, Steve and I were going through Netflix and trying to figure out what to watch, and I was really tired, and I eight out of 10 times, no joke, I fall asleep when we turn on a movie, so I really didn't care all that much about what we watched, because I'm like, eh, I'm gonna fall asleep anyway. So The movie is about this guy. It's a National Geographic documentary named Alex Honnold. And so he is this rock climber that has climbed El Capitan in Yosemite among many other giant mountains um, around the world without ropes, like no ropes, no safety equipment, no harnesses. So I was so stressed out. I did not fall asleep. I like actually had like nightmares that night. So I'm going to show you just a really short little clip so you can kind of get an idea about this guy. Oh, yeah, I'm in charge of that. Okay. <laughs> El Cap is such a big, daunting, intimidating wall. In free soloing, you can never fail because if you fall off, you die. I wanted to make a movie about Alex. When Alex told us he was thinking about free soloing El Cap, uh, we did step back. No way, it's way too dangerous. Do you want to encourage one of your friends to go partake in something that could ultimately kill them? There's an existential question at this heart of the film. If we're filming, is Alex more likely to fall and die? right? Are all of you like, that was crazy? Anybody in this room willing to take that risk? Yeah, no. Um, He's nuts. So, obviously, this is risk to the extreme, right? That, you know, you make an error and you die. Most of us are not taking those kind of risks on a daily basis. So, before I want to get too far into this, I do want to make a disclaimer. There are absolutely times when not taking a risk is appropriate. 
You would not get into a car and drive without having taught and having a license. Don't stop taking your heart meds, okay? So sometimes risks are not appropriate. But today we're talking about kingdom risks. We're not just talking about being stupid like Alex Honnold. So I do not consider myself a risk taker. I like to live with, within my comfort acceptability level, your comfort zone. We all have that zone, right? You're probably already kind of figuring out where you are on that um, scale. So we have that, that level that when we get above it, you know, our palms start sweating and, and our heart is beating faster and you know, maybe we get a little nauseous and it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It could be, you know, you could have gotten pulled over by a policeman for speeding or public speaking for many of you, investing money, picking what college that you're going to go to. There's that level of comfort that we really like. So I like to plan, I save, I anguish over decisions. Um, I make plus and minus lists, it's true. Um, so my comfort acceptability level, I'm kind of in the light green zone usually. That, that's kind of where I see myself. Now obviously Alex Honnold lives at the very far end of that red, right? The, just the greatest of um, extremes. And so most of you, I'm guessing you're somewhere in between the green and yellow. You know, maybe the younger you are, you're probably maybe going to orange a little more often than us older people. Um, but there's risks that we take every day and we don't even think about them, right? So you get in the car, you drive to the grocery store. We all know we could get in an accident at any time, no matter how careful we are, right? We can't control other people. And then we could go to the grocery store, we can slip and fall on something, you know, cans of green beans come flying off the shelf and give us a concussion. Who knows? Somebody can sneeze on us and we might catch some horrible disease going out. But why do we do these things? We do them because the reward is greater than the risk. You know, the reward is we didn't have to go spend three hours and sweat like crazy walking to the grocery store. We now have food to eat in our house, right? So we take them for those reasons. So there's definitely times that I have gone out of my comfort zone. And so a couple of years ago, our family, we went on vacation to Australia. So I actually jumped out of an airplane and swam in the Great Barrier Reef wearing a stinger suit. I am covered head to toe in this black wetsuit because the jellyfish, if they sting you, will kill you that time of year. So totally in the red zone those days on this trip for me. But you know why I did it? Because the risk wasn't as great as the reward. The reward was greater than the risk, right? Like how often can, you know, somebody say that they did these things? So um, I went back to school two years ago, um, as Matt was talking about. That was a risk. That definitely put me in the yellow to orange zone. It had been a very long time since I had, like, you know, taken a test or written a paper. Um, you know, now it doesn't feel so much like a risk, but it was. It was definitely out of my comfort zone. So, preaching the sermon today, I'm, yeah, my hands are still shaking a little bit. So, orange, we're, we're definitely, it's an, it's an orange zone right now. So, following Jesus is a life of risk, is following Jesus into places that we are not comfortable. One of the things I've been learning in seminary is that this church service that we, you know, are here for this hour and 15 minutes, it was never meant to be sedentary but participatory. So, you know, educational surveys will tell you that people learn better, right, when you're, you're active and you're, you're talking and, and moving around. So, Instead of me just droning on for the whole time, I'm going to actually ask you to get out of your comfort zone just a tiny bit this morning because you're going to talk to people, okay? So you're going to get into groups of like two or three, 
and you're going to share about a risk that you've taken. Why did you take it? What was, was the reward important? So now, if you're sitting by yourself and you don't have a one or, you know, another person to talk to, you're going to have to go farther out of your comfort zone because you're going to have to move seats, okay, to find somebody to talk to. So I know, like, this is not, you know, what you were expecting this morning. So we're going to take a couple of minutes, you know, introduce yourselves to each other if you haven't um, already met this person that you're going to talk to. Just a couple of minutes. So I know the introverts in the room are cursing me under their breath right now, and I'm sorry, but you know what? I love you. This is for your own good. So, okay, let's go ahead and, and move around. we got a couple minutes here. All right. <laughs> so talk about that question. Okay, you have one more minute. You have one more minute. back in here. See, you guys all survived. You talked to someone in church. It was okay. All right. So let's bring it back. Oh my goodness. I lost control of the room. That's all right. So come on. Um, all right. Let's finish up our conversations. And guess what? You can finish these after church because now you know these people and you know some things to talk to them about, right? Okay, so I'm going to start calling names pretty soon if I still see you talking. <laughs> I'm going to start calling out names. Okay. All right, we got it. So the New Testament is filled with examples of Jesus taking risks. So the first one in John 2, verse 11, uh, 1 through 11, Jesus does his first miracle recorded in Scripture. He turns the water into wine at a wedding. Now, Yes, Jesus is God, but remember, he is also human. So I'm pretty sure he might have been worried. Maybe it wasn't going to work, or maybe the wine wasn't going to be any good. In John, he also tells us that he, wasn't, he didn't think it was time for him to start his public ministry. I'm pretty sure he would have been in, like, at least the orange zone, you know, during that time. And then just right after that, the next thing is Jesus clears the temple. So Jesus is the Jewish rabbi. He's got his followers that are following him. And, and he's their teacher. So making a whip, throwing over the tables in the temple, you know, running out the money changers, 
not typical rabbi behavior. You know, so they, I think he was definitely risking. He was risking that these followers gonna, were going to leave. Who wants to follow this angry, unpredictable rabbi? So then Jesus, he also in John 4, he talks to the Samaritan woman at the well. And if you know that story at all or have done any research, that is just so full of risk in that context that that is a whole other sermon. So Matthew 8, Jesus, he reaches out his hand to heal a leper. He touches the leper, one of the most contagious diseases ever. He takes the guy's hand. Yes, he was God, but he was still human. Jesus was not just some storytelling, baby-hugging rabbi. He was not just this nice, gentle teacher telling people how to follow God and their neighbors, but he was demonstrating to his followers and to us how, by taking risks, we learn to follow God and love our neighbor. So the New Testament is full of other risk-takers as well. So in Acts 21, Paul's determined to go to Jerusalem, even though all the other disciples are like, don't go, they're going to kill you. Paul answers in verse 14, I am, not Wait, I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Every early Christian knew that at some point their faith might cost them their life. But why did they do it? The reward was greater than the risk. So we could spend our whole morning jumping around the scriptures, pointing to example after example, but we are going to land here in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 36. So um, in this passage, you've probably heard it before, this is where um, Peter goes walking on the water with Jesus. And... Um, I'm sure you've heard plenty of sermons, you've studied it, but hang in there because I know that God's going to probably reveal something new to you. So as we read it, you can read it, you know, on the screens, your pew Bible, your phone Bible, or just close your eyes and imagine the scene um, unfolding before you. So immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. By himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. 
So since the passage starts with the word immediately, it's actually really important to know what was happening. So right before this is when Jesus is feeding the, the group of 5,000, which was actually probably way more than 10,000 when you add the women and kids. And, you know, he had five loaves of bread and two fish multiplied at the eight. I'm sure that had been a really long day for them. So if we go back to verse 35, we know it was late in the day and they were in a remote place. And then the same account in John 6, 15, tells us that Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So that's the why. Why did he go away from them? So Jesus, he told his disciples to get into the boat, go to the other side, um, and he went and prayed. Nothing really seems out of the ordinary in this situation. They're going up the Sea of Galilee, and a treacherous storm starts brewing, and their crossing becomes even more dangerous, and they are exhausted already. So then shortly before dawn, that's when the fourth watch was, um, they freak out and they think they see a ghost, which I'm guessing is probably just as likely of an explanation is, oh, that's just our rabbi walking on the water, right? So they're like, it's a ghost, they're freaked out. Matthew continues, and then we see that word immediately again. Take courage, it is I. So then, don't be afraid, right? He doesn't, like, you know, let them be, you know, scared for very long. Like, he tells them, don't worry, it's me. And then Jesus, uh, no, Peter does something that I don't want you to miss. Peter asks, okay? Peter's asking to join Jesus on the water. None of the other disciples are asking to get out of the boat. And I'm not sure if Peter was just the risk taker of the group, he was a little dense, or he just wanted something cool to tell his grandkids one day. But he asks. And then even though the disciples had hang, been hanging out with Jesus for a while, and they've seen some pretty amazing miracles by this point, I'm guessing this took Peter out of his comfort zone. Yeah. And what does Jesus say? He simply replies, Come. So Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts walking on the water. But remember, there's a storm happening, and Peter gets scared, and he starts to sink. But what does he do? He cries out for Jesus to save him in verse 31. And then immediately, we got that word again, immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him. And he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt so then Jesus and a wet Peter climb back into the boat, and the storm subsides, and everyone in the boat worships Jesus, believing he is the Son of God. And we always hear about doubting Thomas after the resurrection, and I just cannot figure out, from, especially from this passage, why do we not talk about doubting Peter? Like, you just don't hear that. So we've talked about um, when and why we're willing to get out of our comfort zone. But why do we so often stay carefully tucked inside when it comes to taking risks for Jesus and his kingdom. When was the last time you asked Jesus to do something that took you into the red zone or even the orange zone, maybe even the yellow zone for some of you? Because we know Jesus will be there immediately ready to grab us. So back to my skydiving incident, or yeah, whatever. Uh, so I sometimes think of Jesus a little bit like this instructor that is strapped quite securely to my back. 
having the time of his life. Was I terrified? Yes, but I trusted him, right? I knew he knew what he was doing, and I sometimes wonder, why do I not trust Jesus that much? So what keeps us from taking risks with Jesus? And I think it boils down to one word, and it's the reason that the disciples, the other 11, probably didn't get out of the boat, and I think it's fear. And did you know that the Bible, in the Bible, God's most frequent command is to not be afraid? Yeah, and we have a problem with this. If you're anything like me, um, fear keeps me from doing a lot of things. And if you're even, you know, kind of like me, that we like to control things, right? And I think in our society, we try to control everything all the time. And when we are out of control and that fear sets in, that's what's keeping us from taking these risks with Jesus. So now fear is not always a bad thing. You should teach your children to fear running into the street without looking for cars, right? It's not necessarily a bad thing. But it does keep us safely tucked in the boat, in our green zone, nice and dry. So a couple things I really want you to take home from this is first we need to ask. We need to continually be praying and asking Jesus where in our lives we can step out on the water. You know what he's going to say to you? He's going to say, come. And then when fear starts setting in, we need to call out. We feel like we're sinking. We need to say, Lord, save me. And we have to admit that we are no longer in control. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to grab us. He's right there grabbing hold. And then in following, we need to follow Jesus into this life of risk. When we follow him into this life of risk and we know that things are beyond our own control, that is when his like supernatural power is undeniable. And even though he tells Peter that he only has a little faith, we have to remember Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. So a little faith is far better than no faith, right? And you know what? We can grow our faith. We grow our faith one challenge, one risk, one calling out to him at a time. So there's a book that I actually really loved. It's like 20 years old now. I didn't realize it was that long ago that I read this, but... um, It's by John Ortberg, and he's a Presbyterian pastor up in Northern California. And this was a book that we did it in a small group study, and it really, like, kind of got this concept to me to, like, you know what, i got to get out of my green zone, and i got to take some risks here for Jesus if I'm going to grow in my following of him. And I just love this quote of his, and it's, if you want to walk on the water, you have to be willing to get your feet wet first. Yeah, then you will discover it is worth the risk. So, whether you are 9 or you are 90, Jesus is calling you to a life of risk. And I want you to challenge you to think, what is something that Jesus is already doing, because he's doing amazing things out there, that I need to ask to join him in? So, where are you willing to go into the red zone? And maybe not even the red zone, maybe just the yellow zone, maybe just putting your toes in in just a little bit farther than you already are in following him. Will you risk getting your feet wet? So I'm not going to tell you what that answer is. That's for you and Jesus to figure out on your own. But if we go back to Pastor's Dan's sermon a couple weeks ago, and it was about giving, are you taking a risk and giving sacrificially 
in his last week on serving. Are you taking a risk? Are you only serving in areas that you're feeling comfortable? Are you willing to serve, go out of your zone a little bit and serve in an area that you're not comfortable in? Are you willing to get your feet wet? The list goes on, and I think it can get really, really scary because there's things like, are we willing to risk confronting our own sin? Yeah. Are we willing to risk calling out racial injustice? Are we willing to risk sharing the gospel with our friends and our neighbors? Yeah. Let's make this personal. Are you willing to face your fear and get out of the boat with Jesus? Now, I want to make sure it's clear that there's going to be times that we're going to fail. Failure is not an event, but it's more of a judgment about an event. Peter failed, if you want to look at it. He, fa- he, he sank, right? He started sinking. He was failing. But again, the other 11 didn't get out of the boat. So we need to know it's our willingness to risk failure that's going to help us grow. And then we're going to connect to God on a deeper level. So when we fail, we have to also remember, Jesus is there, right, immediately grabbing us, taking our hand. We are not failing alone. So the class that I'm taking um, right now has been on the theology of racial reconciliation. And I've been doing a ton of reading on how this like, formed our country and how you know, it still has ripple effects today. And I would love to chat with any of you that have questions about that. But there's a great quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that I came upon in that study. And the ultimate measure of a man, and you can insert woman here too, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So are you willing to leave your comfort zone and risk with Jesus? Are we going to be a church of pew sitters like the 11 disciples in the boat or water walkers like Peter? Are you willing to risk for Jesus in your relationships, in your finances, in the way you serve in ministry. And I'm not asking you to become a missionary and sell everything you own and give it to the church, but I am asking you what's more important, your comfort or following God. And if you haven't made a decision yet to follow Jesus, I want you to think about what's keeping you from doing that. Is it fear? Remember, the one who walks on the water is right there, taking our hand every step of the way. The choice is up to each of us. Fear will sink us every time. But I will guarantee you, if you are willing to get wet, the reward will be worth it. So now we're going to take out our Connect card that you got in your program this morning. And um, hopefully you can fill in your name and all of that. And then, because you should know all that information. So, but then I want you to turn on to the back. And on the left side, I want you to check a box. And these are some ways that we can risk this next week in following Jesus. And nobody's going to hound you on this, but I want to be praying for you um, and praying for that risk because I know how absolutely terrifying taking risks are. So fill out something on the left-hand side there. And then I'm going to have you go to the right-hand side, and you're going to check a box on that side. Now, you're not signing your life away. You might be going into the yellow zone or the orange zone for some of you by trying something new, maybe connecting with new people, Um, yeah, attending the dinner with Nueva Esperanza, which for a lot of you I know is going to be super, super scary, but it is bilingual, so because my Spanish is pretty much non-existent. So 
And it's going to be an amazing time to share with them. So I want you to mark a box on both. And then in this little bit, the offering is going to come past you, and you're going to just drop that into the offering. Um, so see me covenant. I'm going to challenge you to get out of the boat. Don't let fear keep you from taking the risk that's out of your comfort zone. So let's start following Peter's example and walking on the water. So we're going to close in prayer here. Um, dear Lord, we just we pray that you continue to grow our faith one step at a time. Please help us to get out of our boats that we have created and to walk on the water with you. Don't let fear paralyze us because we know that you are there immediately ready to grab us. In the decisions that we make, Lord, help us to live like we actually trust you. And we thank you for Peter and his example that we can follow you even in our doubts and our lack of faith. We just thank you for your unfailing love. Amen.